tell me confess my many crimes oh yeah sure whatever um well let's see which ones have passed the statute of limitations <laughs> i'm kidding i'm I was kidding. like you're not that old yeah, but I don't know. I feel like, like some crimes don't have that. I don't know statute limitations on crimes, but I feel like they don't have that long for like nonviolent ones, at least. Well, that could be. But I don't know because I because because I say in the microphone, I have not committed any crimes. Wink, wink. Welcome to the Survivor Tournament Time podcast, the only Survivor podcast that discusses, can you win too much? Is winning bad? I'm your host, Stephen Levine, with my co-host, Jared Sheldon. Jared, do you win too much? No, oh, but okay. also, there's no such thing as winning too much. <laughs> Koror talks Crush about it in this enemies. episode. <laughs> Grind them into dust. What's uh, going on, Jared? Honestly, it's been when was the last time we sat down and recorded? Like it's been a few days, right? It's been a few days. We were I feel like we nothing has happened. We did trivia. That was fun. That's it was fine. Shout out to trivia. It's been a very quiet, sleepy week, which I appreciate. I disagree, but that's just me. Wait, okay, so what's been going on in your week? I don't know. Like work's been busy. I've kind of been in conversation with you about something that could happen yeah, in the near future. Cool. Which is pretty cool. I don't want to jump ahead of ourselves because I think some of our listeners would be interested in that too. But um, it is not survivor related. It no. is not. No. Although I want to make it a little bit survivor related. We you have to keep it specific to the first ten seasons, then. Yeah. Oh yeah, I would. But yeah, there's a an event that I reached out to because I've hosted a few trivia, like large scale trivia games, and would be really interested in hosting in this certain scenario and, and we started a trivia company during yeah. the height of the pandemic yeah and they're like yeah we'd be interested and then i haven't heard from them since so how long ago was that i mean it was wednesday so it wasn't okay. too long like four days ago like i'm hoping that they just had to run it up the chain yeah, I mean, that kind of stuff usually moves pretty mm -hmm. slowly. But I was like, hey, would love to get on a phone call with you and, like, talk it through. And then radio silence. Yeah. But this was after the confirmation of, yes, we'd be interested. L let me tell you, as somebody who works in a role that my company defines as sales while I do not, the, the getting to the finish line and then getting ghosted fucking sucks. <laughs> it fucking sucks yeah oh, we're not at ghosted because i have not followed up because i think it's still too early to follow up with i have and i'm not gonna dox anything so i'm gonna keep this very vague <laughs> i have a customer who i've been working on a very large like deal with to like us take over some of their operations for my day job and they will answer my emails on everything except for that like, if they, like, when they need something else, they'll email me, they'll reach out, they'll respond right away. And then once we get, and we were, like, right at the point where it's like, cool, we just need to flip the switch. Just give us the okay to flip the switch. Nothing. Radio silence for a month. Oof. Yup. <laughs> People are interesting that way. Where you're like, ah, okay, we're all good. We worked on this together. And then suddenly, 
I don't want to talk to you anymore. My best guess is the person who I made the deal with does not have as much power to actually make that decision as we both thought he did. Ah, those scenarios are fun too. So hopefully it's just a running it up the chain. Someone got too big for their britches and then someone checked them back into earth. Listen, I always just say it's better to beg for forgiveness than to ask for permission. Just do it. Just sign the deal. (laughs) What's the worst that could happen? I am concerned with how you operate businesses. Move fast and break things. Okay. And I just realized that was Facebook's motto, and those people are criminals. (laughs) So maybe not. So Jared Criminal confirmed? No. That can't be the cold open, (laughs) and this bit has to die. (laughs) The bit I started... It has to die. Speaking of bits, emails. If you want to email us, feel free to do so. SurvivorTBT at gmail.com. Or you can message us on Reddit, useless SurvivorTBT, or on X at SurvivorTBT. We have a few emails, so I'm going to get through at least half of them. From Carl. Carl's episode 5 email. I think they called the roar the Karor Roar at one point. Yeah, I think in this episode or maybe the previous episode, they, they say something like that. But thank you for getting me to Google RAR XD. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome, anyone out there that did that. Uh, Picture the episode. It's the Immunity Willard. Yeah, it's wild that Karor hasn't lost anybody this entire season. Well, no. I'm okay. Who who do you think they lost? I know that you're doing a bit here. Who did they lose, Steven? (laughs) The, the immunity willard. Yeah, he's no. They've had it the entire. They've never <laughs> had it leave their tribe. That is true, technically. So it, it was weird that at one point there was like I never saw Willard and the immunity idol in the same place. <laughs> yes, so you, you definitely did. No. <laughs> Notes first. We get the Kim Jeff romance now. Greg and Jen. After what a big deal Rob and Amber's story was, I'd be completely unsurprised if the producers were now intentionally seeking out showmances. Especially considering in the past season, small romances would apparently flower up, but get left on the cutting room floor. Yeah, I could totally see that. Both at focus on editing and in casting. Gabe and Nalia and Marquesas comes to mind. I didn't, oh. I didn't know that was a thing. Maybe they wanted to do this in Vanuatu too, but they it didn't work out for obvious reasons. Yeah. I would say also like they were they were filming Vanuatu while All Stars was airing, so or at least were probably were. Wasn't wouldn't be enough turnaround time in the process for them to like sure. cast it and edit it to make that work because Vanuatu aired pretty close to after All Stars I think but I don't remember that for sure. So, I mean it's your usual cycle but yeah. still it's it's the short cycle where they have to do the double up and as opposed to the long cycle where we have okay this season filmed aired and now we're planning the filming next two again. seasons yeah yeah. Not only did James complain about Kim quitting earlier, at the start of this very episode, he talks about how Angie apparently has a quitter's mentality. No, she doesn't. Oopsies. You wrong. Willard would later say that when he was, uh, when he said finish them off before leaving, he was actually talking to Greg and Kobe. He was subtly trying to tell them to finish off Tom and Ian. Oh, interesting. Interesting. And then he disappeared into the night, never to be seen again. Maybe this is the reunion bit you talked about, Stephen, but my favorite thing about Willard is that they say he faked getting heat stroke to get a bottle of water. That's hilarious. That is hilarious. I did not know that. Willard is an icon. (laughs) Willard plays the game hard and fast. No, Willard is, like, he immediately knew that he should not be there and (laughs) acted thusly. 
The beef stew was so slapping that Kobe asked production for the recipe and posted it on Facebook. Oh, that's how we have it. Okay. Yeah, so that's great. Things I liked. We had it in the bag, and then Ibrahim. Like, Ibrahim himself is the big bad event. <laughs> if Katie gets further than me, I will just puke, puke, puke. Kobe. <laughs> I love that the reward that Oolong won just serves to make them look even more destitute. Like, I'm sure they're more comfortable in their plain white tunics but now they look like street urchins or something i thought about that too like it actually made bobby john legitimately look like jesus <laughs> bobby jesus sure cool anyway moving on to email from josh josh the lack of alliances on oolong is probably because the cast is made up of a majority of recruits oh interesting this season also came out when big brother six uh around big brother six where Kaisar Rita, I'm so sorry if I am butchering that name because I don't know Big Brother as well, became the first Muslim contestant and fan favorite. Both major CBS shows cast a Muslim player for the first time in 2005, and I'm glad at least one became a star. Yeah, and I don't think Ibrahim had star potential just with like who he is as a person. Mm. He he seems very – I've used the analogy before, like an athlete at a press conference. and like <laughs> I'm just here because I don't want to get fined. Well, no, but just like – yeah, man, we got to do better. We got to win. Like, it's mm. not like it doesn't jump off the page like Stephanie does, you know? Sure. Yeah. And I don't think that's editing. That seems to be in group scenes. That seems to be every confessional. Like, that just seems to be who he is as a person. Even his spotlight where he talks about, and it was a good spotlight, where he talks about praying and all of that. Mm-hmm. He's still not like a dynamic speaker. He's still very soft-spoken. So, like, I just don't see a world where he was going to be a star. He's not a uh, camera attention-seeking person. He's just like... He's just there. Yeah, He's along or for the ride. People, there are people that aren't camera attention-seeking people that just, like, the camera just gravitates to them. Correct. Actually, Stephanie is a good example of that. I don't think Stephanie's looking to be on camera. I think Steph—I mean, maybe a little bit. But even, like, right away in the first episode, which now that we know what we know, it makes more sense. Mm-hmm. It just—it felt like—I think I said, I was like, she has protagonist vibes. Like, that's just, like, <laughs> who she is. Don't we all? We're on a podcast. We're the protagonist now. Look at me. Look at me. Look, look at me. I am the protagonist <laughs> now. <laughs> Carl's episode six email. It was Katie that did the sock puppet show. I liked that the I'm Bobby John and I look like Jesus line. Yeah. Oh, that's right. They said it in the show. <laughs> there you go. Uh, her impression of Janu, I totally get not liking Katie, but I find her hilarious, is the picture of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. I'm interested to get a little more of katie mm-hmm. unfortunately karor has been victims of their own success i kind of wish that we could see this tribe against a tribe that was competent because <laughs> i because i do think that they're the best tribe we've seen thus far okay and i do think that oolong is the worst or at least among the worst and so like put them up against an actual tribe that could take a couple of challenges and and make it more of a tit for tat and i think it'd be a more interesting season but I do like this season. Which is wild considering that they chose these tribes. Yeah. And again, if you were to pick them out of a lineup, you would say that Karor was the one that was going to fail miserably. If I told you one of these tribes is going to get wiped out, I don't think I would have picked Oolong. If you were doing it by headshots alone, I probably wouldn't have. But even in the first episode, I was like, oh, there's something about this tribe that just clicks together. Something about Mary. I wouldn't have thought they been, had been this dominant, but if you said one of them fails completely, I would not have thought it was Karor. There mm. was just something about them and their chemistry immediately that was like, 
there's no way they're going to be the worst tribe of all time. <laughs> this and last episode are the points in the season where you really start to wonder, did they have some kind of swap planned and just ditch it because yes. Oolong kept losing? Yes. And they just wanted to ride it out? 100%. I, I, think, I, I think that's the case. I think that's the case. I think that they push. I'm. I personally think they push back merging. And maybe as punishment for, like, bringing all of their shit to Tribal and being like, can we merge now, please? Can we merge? But, like, the producers aren't stupid. I mean, they are sometimes. But <laughs> they know that this is good. Like, when you have an opportunity for something historic to happen, you let it You let it play out. You let it happen. Yeah. Absolutely. And they did. And it's insane. <laughs> James has an incredible role as a minor character, part of which you probably wouldn't catch unless you're rewatching the season. He gets basically every prediction he makes wrong. <laughs> Here's a list, and I don't expect you to read everything out loud, but just for your own pleasure. I'm going to read them out loud because I think they're funny. Yeah, please. Episode one, we're going to win some matches. We just didn't do it today. Episode two, we're Americans, and we're going to do democracy. They never got a leader, nor really any system of any kind. Yeah, it's almost like direct democracy amongst like seven people is a bad idea because then nobody's making any actual decisions. So I'll tell you how it's going to happen. Kim is gone. Oh, yeah, for sure. Ashley went home that episode. <laughs> episode three went talking to Oolong. We're not going to tribal again. You guys understand me? Well, nah. episode four, after the Home Depot challenge. I think we won. No doubt. They'll be back in, in about, mm, estimate, two, three hours. I caught that one. That one was hilarious That's in funny. real time. Episode four, after losing said challenge, we're ticked off. So we're going after them and we're going to run right through them like a dang bulldozer. Before the immunity challenge, they won the first three times. It was their time. It's our time now. Episode six, Bobby won't vote for me, I'm sure. <laughs> Episode six, by the grace of... Which, I will say to be fair to James on that one, uh, was predicated on a lie. <laughs> that he, is fair. He did not have all the information. Correct. By the grace of Allah, Ibrahim didn't go. Now, my God says he is today, and he did not. <laughs> And then in his final words, he says his gut told him he wouldn't go home, and he was wrong yet again. What a perfect ending to his little arc. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Man is always wrong. <laughs> For what it's worth, Kobe said after the season he liked James and found his comments funny, but dear mother of God, I never heard that video before. Jesus Christ, what a train wreck. I noticed, though, that he says, come on, in it. Things I liked. Ibrahim saying... That may have been the craziest tribal council I've ever been to because he's already been so many times. He's been to so many. That's actually a meaningful thing to say. Bobby John indirectly telling Stephanie that she has a man's handwriting because that's why he didn't suspect that she voted for him. Yeah. Yeah. There's all, there's a couple of weird gendered things that Bobby John says, and I want to point out this episode where he's talking about Stephanie's like, well, she can do anything a man can do. I'll tell you that. And like, True and good, Bobby John, but also, like, that's uh, most, like, women can do anything men can do, mm -hmm. for the most part. I mean, peeing standing up is harder, <laughs> but, like, like why are you, why are you just making broad gender-based assumptions on who can and cannot do what, especially when, like, there's a counterexample standing right in your face that beats the shit out of you the entire season? All the little ladies around me, they uh, are... Small and petite, and I, I need to help them pick up all of their things. Heavy things. Heavy things. Heavy things. Alabama. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, 
final email I'm going to do here from Tyler. Tyler, in 2010, James appeared in an episode of The Walking Dead as a zombie. Okay. That's fun. That's odd because it's not like he that's he didn't get like a guest spot cameo. He just like you could sign up to be a zombie as an extra if you lived around Atlanta. So that's just something he did for fun or a little <laughs> bit of money. That's true. Interesting. I know at the rate that you're going, you won't really get to the season for a few years, but I really hope that you don't skip Redacted's return season and that Jared doesn't let his presence affect his enjoyment of the season too much. Ooh. We we won't. No, we're not going to skip a season. No. I'll, I'll shit talk Redacted the entire time. It's a really good season uh, at a point when Survivor honestly kind of really needs a strong season, which I'll talk a little bit more about why when you guys get closer to that season. But in addition to it being really good in general, it's also pretty fundamental for a lot of future season in terms of format and strategy. Oh, cool. It has several returning players that aren't necessarily not as good the second time, but Jared won't appreciate as much without having seen that season. As well as some strong one-time characters that Jared would miss out on. Yeah, we are not skipping any season. Unless Steven says oh. that we have to for some reason. But no, like, we're, we're not skipping seasons. We'll we'll talk about the reasons why some of the shit is bad. We made it through Thailand. We yeah. can do anything. We're not skipping seasons. Uh, as well as the completion of a couple of other Survivor players' journeys. I know this is random, but I've been wanting to get this off my chest for a little while now. And now seemed like a good time. Don't you worry. We ain't skipping shit. <laughs> we're here. We're going to plow through it. And again, we're going to rip it to shreds yeah. at times when it needs to be ripped to shreds. No, if we if if we like go back on our word of not doing every season, the devil we made the contract with will come and take our souls. Ah. You still playing Baldur's Gate? <laughs> I, not as much, but it's, you know, it's D&D. Ah, <laughs> uh, heard. Okay. And I think that's where I'm going to leave it for today. Anything else you want to talk about before we get into the episode? What no, let's just, we'll just talk about the episode. All right. I got a lot to say, but we'll talk about the episode. Bumper. All right, so this episode came out on April 7th of 2005. Only a couple things happened in the week between episodes, one that will be near and dear to Stephen's Catholic heart. John Paul II, Roman Catholic Pope, dies of heart failure at 84. He got connected to God's Wi-Fi. Oh, my God. And then uh, this one, I don't really know any details of, but Kurdish leader Dalal Talabani becomes the Iraqi president. Uh, just to remind you that at this point in time, we are still in Iraq, to the best of my knowledge. Heard, heard. We're still, with the Iraq war is still going on. What a good time. What a good time. What a good time. The number one song is still uh, Candy Shop. The top five movies on the week are Robots, which I saw somebody post about Robots the other day i was like wow what a weird coincidence <laughs> miss congeniality 2 armed and whatever fabulous fabulous yep that's right does not it cuts off it's too long of a title armed <laughs> miss congeniality 2 a single arm has arms <laughs> that'd be like a zoolander sequel uh <laughs> there is a zoolander sequel oh no uh beauty shop guess who and coming in at number one sin city oh do you know sin city steven I know of Sin City. I never saw it. I knew it was in, like, black and white. Yeah. But I'm sure there are, like, pops of red when they want to. Oh, yeah. 100%. It's like Schindler's List. Uh, it's very different from Schindler's but List. But, like, how they colored it. Yeah. It, black that's and black the and end white. of the comparison. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Okay, <laughs> go on. In the quartet of neo-noir tales, a mysterious salesman, Josh Harnett, 
narrates a tragic story of codependency while a muscle-bound vigilante, Mickey Rourke, tears his way through the criminal underworld in search of his lost love, Jamie King. In another part of the city, a grizzled cop, Bruce Willis, foils the ambitions of a child killer, Nick Stahl, and an ex-prostitute, Brittany Murphy, evades her ex-pimp, Benicio Del Toro, with the help of her new boyfriend, Dwight, Clive Owen. So it's a little bit like uh, Pulp Fiction that that's like four different stories. Sure. I, I don't remember how you're in Pulp Fiction, but uh, what do you think Sin City was rated? <sighs> okay, so here's my problem in this, in that I never really seek this out. Like, I didn't watch it. I don't know anything about it, but I know what it looks like. Mm -hmm. So I think that this is a scenario where the critics like it more than audiences do. And I'm I'm thinking it's good, but not amazing. So I'm going to go with a 72 critic score, audience score of 63. Wow, that's really sound process uh -huh. and pretty close uh critic score of 76 okay and audience score of 78 so it's oh, like they're okay. basically the same pretty much yeah yeah neat good job that's like the first one you've hit in a while Huzzah. Huzzah. and now we get into the episode and now we get into the episode episode eight <laughs> neanderthal man just might as well just tell us who's going home this episode now i do remember when we recorded season one and i had forgotten this because we listen once we, or at least for, for me, when I say something into the mic, it's gone. It is gone from my head forever. <laughs> Out of mouth, gone forever. Well, yeah. Yeah. Basically. Pretty much. I remember the vibes. <laughs> I did remember that there was a tribe that gets down to one person. Mm -hmm. I thought it was Guatemala. Mm -mm. I had completely forgotten that I, because like now we have so many other seasons of Survivor that like that memory got pushed out where it was like, oh yeah, maybe that was a thing. Maybe that wasn't. But once I saw this episode of Stephanie standing in the cave with the tr with like the trees behind her, I was like, "Oh, I recognize this. Okay, I have seen this when I was a kid." And I was like, "So Steph, so I knew Stephanie was safe pretty early in the episode because of that memory." But like, yeah, wow. <laughs> so you know who wins? No. Okay. No. the The only thing I remember is that there was I didn't have the season right. Was that there was a tribe that got down to one person? Because I remember like I the next episode, not specifics of it, but them filming her alone in camp stuck in my brain as like as like what would be the peak of horror uh, as like a eight-year-old or whatever the 11 year old honestly i'm jumping the gun here but walking back after tribal would be miserable and oh, actually yeah. i'm assuming they had to get someone to help her because she boated back like they had to take the boat to tribal council. Yeah, I'm wondering if any of our listeners have any background on on how this day worked for her. <laughs> it seems miserable. And even just with the two of them, it seems miserable. Yeah. So we'll talk about that more next episode. Yes. Which yes. I think will be fun. And I did want to talk about like I, I said a little bit in the in the pre episode, but it really is a shame how good Kuror is doing. Because it makes them get it, it's like or how bad Oolong's doing, rather. Because it makes it's overshadowing how good Karor is doing. Mm. Because the story isn't, wow, look at this dominant tribe. It's, wow, look at these fucking losers. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll get more of them. It does... I am curious if this is, gonna, if this is going to feel like two Survivor seasons stapled together. Mm -hmm. Because it basically is. One tribe has played an entire game of Survivor, including eliminating all of them. Uh-huh. And the other tribe has played no survivor <laughs> at all. At all. 
Like, even their only vote was, a, like, a willing vote. He was like, yeah, guys, I'm good, actually. Take me out. Yeah, I'm, I will live on in the immunity idol. <laughs> yeah, I think I can see why you would say that, and it kind of is the truth of we have of two very different sides of this season where one, it just happened to bleed into the other. And, like, I think the show did the right thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the way that they've edited and handled the tribe getting down to one person is the way they should do it for maximum entertainment. And I don't think we should have seen more of Karor. Frankly, it would be kind of boring. Mm. I I like the focus they've had on it. That's just the circumstances of which they were given. And I, I wish that Karor had been on a different season almost. Okay. Is there anybody on Karor that you're excited to get to know more about that we just haven't? Katie a little bit. Okay. Uh, Greg, we've gotten a little bit of Greg, but I'm excited to see, really, I'm excited to see the vast majority of them besides Janu, how they play the game. Sure. I'm even excited to see how, what, how Karen does. Yeah. We've seen very little of Karen. Almost none. So it'll, it'll be interesting. And I'm, yeah, it, I just, we've seen how good they are at the challenges, but we don't know how good the individual members of Karor are at the game of Survivor because they haven't had to play the game of Survivor. They have not, but they've kind of dabbled and the, the pieces are in place for things to hit the fan. Yes. And that setup, and you know, our listeners have said this is a great season. I have the feeling that this is a great season. So I don't think it'll be a letdown once we get there. I almost just wish we could have gotten there a little sooner. But then again, I've enjoyed watching Oolong get a fucking train run the on decimation. them. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I see what you're saying. So we we opened the episode with Oolong, and we, it's just the nice back and forth between Steph and Bobby John of like, hey, thank you for keeping your word. And Bobby John's like, once I say something, it, it's over and done. Yeah, but... That's not what you said when you when she asked you about it at Correct. the time. That- <laughs> you actually said the exact opposite, Bobby John. No, I gave you my word. No, you actually said, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, you could have just said that at the time. That would have been fine. Also, the the camp in the cave is fantastic. Why did they not do this sooner? That's a good question. Because they're incompetent. Answered. Heard. <laughs> to the point, Bobby John was like, hey, Steph performed better than Ebe. And I did what's best for the tribe when the tribe is just the two of us. I know. I was like, stop saying tribe. At this point, it is, it's been, you should have been playing a more individual game, which I never thought I would say in a, in the team phase. Like once you're down to three, maybe you should be playing an individual game. You don't have a tribe anymore. Yeah. You're not getting any help from your tribe, especially after a merge. Yeah. If you go in with the tribe mentality, you're You're fucked. You're absolutely dead. Also, uh, I, I wrote down that Stephanie is getting, like, Rupert-esque screen time this season. Oh, really? I just... It, it kind of hit me, and I now I... It's because she's the last person standing on her drive. <laughs> but, like, think about how much screen time she's gotten in the pre-merge. Like, it is probably, like, 40% of every episode. It's quite a bit. I yeah. To the point that I would say she is the storyteller for Oolong. I'd say she's the storyteller for the season. So far. So far... Because the, the only story is, God damn it, we keep losing. <laughs> uh, at Karor, we got rats. Rats run this city. <laughs> this whole scene was so funny to me. Watching them complain about the rats and having Tom 
complain about the rats as a rat is running along the ground next yeah. to him. Like they're everywhere. We cannot get rid of them. Oh, there's a rat. <laughs> oh, there's a rat. Hey, maybe stop leaving like entrails around the camp. Yeah, that's that's the problem that How we do get you to here. Numb to that. I don't know. I, I mean, I think the the head, the shark head was off at a slight distance. It should have been further away. It should it's have disgusting. It should have been in the water. Let's be clear. Uh, or no, in the woods, he, throw it away. Tom, no, Tom wants to keep it as a trophy. The bones. So that's why he's he has it baking in the sun and letting insects eat it huh. so that eventually it will only be bone and he can take it home with him disgusting i mean i frankly i would want to too like if i killed a fucking shark i'd be like yeah i'm taking that bitch home with me sure but you don't put it really far away Tom. you gotta put it further away yeah but i think what the big problem is is the coconuts yes the, they're leaving their either half-eaten or completely eaten coconuts open where and on the ground where the rats can get to them and they've figured out that oh these people just leave coconuts i'm gonna go wander into camp and take some coconut and they're not dangerous to me in the point that if i go there they're going to they're not hunting me they're not going to try to kill me yeah yeah why if i had a nickel for every time there was a problem that was caused by people leaving coconut husks too close to camp i'd have two nickels which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it happened twice this season. <laughs> that is fair. You just eat them. Just, yeah. Just throw, throw them in the woods. Throw, what are you doing? Throw them into a place that you don't go or <laughs> at least into a section of your camp away from everybody. Yeah, exactly. But it's not difficult. But this, but like this is the biggest drama they can bring up at Karor, mm-hmm. which is really telling and once again kobe's kind of telling us all of this and yeah Co- kobe's trying to be the voice of reason and saying hey let's let's get rid of this and apparently it's doing a lot of this but other people aren't listening to him yeah and fuck i love kobe <laughs> i like this this confessional of his is both catty and like weirdly kind of affirming where he's like i'm too much of a feminist to watch this happen I, that i wrote that down and i thought it was so funny he's like i can't i'm too much of a feminist to watch these watch these girls just like let the men take care of them and i'm like kobe you are the perfect person to be telling the camp story of karor <laughs> have i told you the running bit that i do when people in my household ask me to open a jar no uh if Either Michaela or if Michaela's sister is over, ask me to open a jar for them. I say no, feminism. <laughs> and then you open it. Anyway. And then I open it. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, I don't leave them hanging. But I have to point out. That... I, I need to check how much you committed to the bit. Oh no, that would be just mean, and I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we jump into the reward challenge. Jeff's <clears throat> Jeff's still struggling vocally. He, so he so enjoys this. A little peek behind the curtain here. Uh huh. I don't always eat when i'm watching episodes <laughs> but i do sometimes oh no and, uh this is the first time i did in a while and i was uh i was a little uh just feeling lazy and i didn't have a whole bunch of food i didn't really want to cook so i ordered a meat lover skillet um <gasps> which is eggs and potatoes and meat uh was it crunchy yeah yeah the bacon's fried to be crunchy so i had to put that down for a little bit i had to put that down once we got to this challenge that's too perfect eggs and bacon and potatoes yep Yep. I'm trying to think of a better scenario where it would be worse. 
Just hard-boiled eggs. Just hard-boiled eggs. That's the only thing that could be worse that I can think of. Okay, good call. Yeah. So, we are eating balut, fertilized duck eggs. Yeah. And, boy, does it look disgusting. I don't, like, that's a fancy way to say this is a a duck fetus. Yeah, pretty much. And when he said that, I had thought, oh, it was going to be, like, along the way. Like, it was going to be... I don't know, half egg, half duck. It seemed mostly duck. Yeah, in Alabama, this is legally a duck. <laughs> oh, no. <sighs> I need a moment to recover. Yeah, we're still that, that one hang there. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. Okay, anyway, they are playing for 55. <laughs> Dang it, that was the bit I was going to do for the opening. I couldn't find it. 55 gallons of fresh water, 55 pantines, <laughs> 55 scopes, 55 crests. <laughs> I'm, wait, I'm doing something. I'm doing something here. <laughs> I'm doing something here. Hey, is he trying to start a food? Oh, okay. Anyway, so good. That's that's a bit from uh, what's the show called? I think you I, should leave. I think you should leave. Yeah, you're right. It's on Netflix. I don't even watch it. I just see the clips on Same. social medias. So I do have to point out something about this reward. Two things. Yeah. One. Okay, 55 gallons of fresh water. That's that's great. It seems a little late in the season for this one. We're halfway through the season. Seems like this one should have probably come earlier if you were going to do it at all. I don't really understand why you do it so late. I don't I actually disagree on this one. I think okay. you got to let the filth build up before you're like, "All right. I'm just remembering how much of a game changer it was in Africa." Mm-hmm. And maybe that's why they put it later. Maybe they didn't want it to be such a big deal. Also, I guess getting fresh water in Africa was <laughs> a much much bigger yeah. deal. It does seem like it takes the impact out of it a little bit that they already have a clean water well, but like also I want them to have a clean water well. But we've already built a shower. Yes. And, well, Oolong's destroyed the shower. The other <laughs> thing is, theoretically, we're going to merge, I assume. Like, I don't think they're... I, I, I don't think they're going to let Stephanie be on a tribe of one. One-on-one immunity challenges? Yeah, I don't think they're going to do that. Uh... I do love that they had to alter the rules so much that it was just, hey, you can't compete if you competed last time. Yeah. We don't have a way to make this numerically make sense anymore. You're just going to have people that can sit out for basically ever. Correct. But, like, okay, so if if Long had won this, they're going to get a 55-gallon drum taken to their camp for three days to merge and leave it behind. Maybe. Probably. Probably. <laughs> There's no way. Well, I don't know. So however could be those assholes and make Karor go over to the worst, the objectively worst camp. That's true. That's true. So it's just that kind of makes the stakes of the challenge feel really low to me. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm again, I'm going to push that the intended purpose was shower. Karor does not want to use it for shower. Oh, sure. And that kind of twists what the narrative is a little bit. And but also, they've already built a shower. I know. That was weird to me. That feels like a weird overlap that they did not plan for. Yeah, and I don't... I can. They did a good job with making this challenge work with two people, but like clearly it was not made for two people. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, they're, they're doing them in escalating numbers. So <laughs> Ian and Tom are competing here. First one is just one. Yep. Yeah, it's one. It literally just goes one, two, three, one, four. One, two, three, four. So it's Ian and Tom versus Stephanie and Bobby John. Tom is the lower numbers. Stephanie is the lower numbers. Yes. And Tom's a maniac. Tom is a, Tom is a psychopath. I, in the best possible way. And also he trash talks 
so effectively. <laughs> he does because he does it in a way that it's like it's not intended or it's not. No, it is what one hundred percent intended. It's intended, but it's not trying to be like a jab. It's not overt because he'll 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 be talking to Ian uh-huh. and be like, "Hey, watch the beak yep. to get in the other people's correct." heads while they're chewing on the thing that's in there yeah or maybe he didn't yeah i don't remember if he said to Ian. maybe he did say it to stephanie but like it's he's a mastermind it's it's pretty great this man came to take no prisoners (laughs) and once again in a food challenge we get through the entire thing where no one screws up so we have to go to a tiebreaker like honestly, yep. unless you have something you want to pull out from this, I I did love that. Like he, he goes, uh, Jeff is like, Kuror, who's it going to be? And Tom goes, It's going to be Tom. It's going to be Tom. Doesn't even say it's going to be me. It's going to be Tom. Yeah, it's Tom time. <laughs> from the tiebreaker, Bobby John once again showing that work working harder and not smarter mm-hmm. is not the way to go, and mm-hmm. will lose you every single challenge in Survivor apparently. Because he just shoves all four in his mouth and then can't swallow it. Correct. Like, slow and steady wins the race, and they they just... Th- this season is tortoise in the hair. <laughs> like, straight up. I I wrote down Bobby John went too fast, too soon. Yeah. And, boy... The, it, we notice it in this challenge, and I notice it in the... Uh, or we see it in both challenges. Oolong starts at a dead sprint every time and then doesn't have the stamina to finish challenges. Except for that one challenge where they started in a walk. Well, yeah, that's true. Where James was fixing his skirt and Abraham was like, "Mm, lovely swim. The one where they could have actually put a little more effort in. Yeah, that one. Weirdly enough. (laughs) Yeah, so Tom scarfs down those five. Bobby John was, here's the biggest caveman moment for me, I think. Yeah. He said nothing the entire challenge until Tom finishes and it looked like Bobby John wanted to punch him in the face. Yeah. And Jeff. Like, to the point where he's like, come on! Oh, I'm a, Well, first of all, Bobby John, it's not like either of them did anything wrong. Like, you just didn't do a good job. Like, there are times where, like, you know, like oh, they, like, out-tricked me, out-smarted me. This is, this is a pretty oonga-boonga challenge. Like, you don't, there's not a whole lot of rules that need explained. You just, you just didn't do it. You eat. You and, eat. And it's not like he was... He told, wasn't close. No, he wasn't told, like, no, you still have things in there. Yeah. He had a, his mouth was still full. He had like a full chunk in there. Yeah, yeah. I feel very vindicated for my episode two Bobby John takes, where I was like, "This man scares me." <laughs> and Stephanie actually voices that. She's like, "There's times where Bobby John scares me." <laughs> I don't think he's a scary person. I just think he goes into this like deer in a headlights mode of I, I'm only focused on the thing in front of me. I think there are times when Bobby John gets so angry or competitive that it is unclear whether or not he is in control i think he is Mm -hmm. but i think as someone who's standing there next to him you aren't a hundred percent sure of that maybe that's it maybe i am so used to this exact scenario in football Mm. that i'm like ah i have a different line of are you in control are you not in control yeah that's fair i don't know i also i want to do a thought exercise with you real (gasps) quick do you think that there are people that could have been switched between Kuror and Oolong and kept the exact same trajectory of the season? Yeah. Who? Uh, I think... <sighs> I think some of the women could easily be switched out and it would stay mm. the same. I think... I think... Okay, I think Angie could have switched with any of the women and 
I think Kroor would have just gotten stronger. Yep. I think Willard could have switched with anyone, Mm -hmm. and Kroor would have just gotten stronger. But that might just be the end of the list to me. I I guess, obviously, Stephanie. But I consider Stephanie as, like, the captain of Oolong. So, I like, don't switch her. Switch people who have been voted out already. Yeah. I think there are scenarios where it happens, and... Like I've kind of said throughout the season, they don't get blown out in challenges. Yeah. They get close and just can't finish the job ever. It's just, yes. Partially, I think, because of the the dead sprint thing I mentioned. Uh I think partially because, like, Karor knows what each of them are good at. So, like, Katie, for example. Like, people talk about Katie being kind of useless, but, like... There are challenges that have had to have creativity or art or puzzles that she's been really helpful on. We don't see a lot of Karen, but, like, I wouldn't be surprised if Karen has been helpful with the puzzles. Like, she's a civil rights lawyer. I have to imagine she's pretty clever. So I'm I'm wondering if there's – because, like, we focus on challenges just on Tom and Ian. And mind you, it's – they're physical challenges, so I get it. It's like, can I remind you that they're the only ones that participated in this one? Well, in this one, yes. <laughs> I meant, like, season long because we're doing a retrospective on the entire Oolong tribe in this comment. Sure. Okay. Anyway, yeah. Karor wins. They win their – uh, nice shower. Brought it, to you by Scope. Brought to, brought to you by Scope. And Ian does like a full commercial for Scope where he's like, not even a good one. Ah, the Citrus ba- Blast mouthwash. It tastes a little bit like oranges. It felt like the producers didn't even ask him to do this. He just was like, I'm going to do a commercial. <laughs> I think that would be fun. <laughs> you know, I really like the mouthwash. It kind of reminds me of oranges. Kind of like I'm dying. And they're like, cool, Ian. The, the question was, how do you feel about winning the reward challenge? But, yeah, we can use that. Way. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then we go, we talk about the shower and the shenanigans. And this is a similar scenario as earlier in the season where Tom kind of says, I don't think we should be using this for showers. This should be drinking water. Tom, this is stupid. Why? First of all, like, let people use it to shower. Morale is important. And it, I don't know. It just like, you're so far ahead. <laughs> it's 55 gallons. You have like two weeks left. You also have another clean source of water. Like I am not on team Tom here. Just like, let it be a shower. Mm-hmm. He's not the only one though. A lot of other people, Kobe included, wanted it to be, wanted it to not be shower water. I think you could have came to a compromise because yeah. there were some people who wanted to shower like uh, Jen. Jen was very much pro shower and sh- Jen was willing to compromise. Jen was willing to say, hey, let's just take like one shower each and then use the or, rest. Like use like use that water and put it in the hanging shower that mm-hmm. you have, the mm-hmm. camp shower. Like then you have you you can measure a little better like how much you have and whatever you can still take the spigot off i also say that without knowing how much work it is to go get water mm-hmm. so i could that could be a totally null and void take if it's like we hike four miles to get to the water then it'd be like yeah yeah eat shit jen uphill both ways well yeah right <laughs> there's snow somehow in palau yeah every boomer oh i also did find out there are people live in palau All i right. did a very careful google uh and it's like <laughs> where i was like palau the country yeah wikipedia it's like Ten thousand or five thousand people or something like that. It's not a lot, but okay. yeah. Usually, if it has a name, there's got to be somebody living there. Yeah, and the reason I was I thought there might not be is because like a lot of those island hopping campaigns, they they weren't they decimated. Yeah, either they decimated or they were like they were such small islands and they're like uninhabitable. Strategery, 
I want this island. For a place for airplanes to refuel, and that's Correct. it. Correct. That's yeah. it. That's exactly it. Yeah, and that's kind of the end of that. Jen complains, but she's like, I'm not speaking up because I know it's going to come back to haunt me, and I know that this isn't a fight worth fighting. Hmm. And that's smart gamesmanship, Jen. It's a shame we haven't been able to see it at all this season because there's <laughs> no reason to. Yay. Over at Oolong, we're again, we're complaining, ah, uh, we're just, we're missing it just barely. And then Bobby John, we get the rage of Bobby John. Well, no, first I have a quote from Bobby John. Go on. Oh, I have, yeah, I have this exact quote. So I had ahead. my throat open as far as it'll go and, and shoving it down there as far as it'll go. Title of your sex tape. <laughs> shoving it in there. Tom shoveled it faster. And usually in these moments, I feel like, ah, I'm the one taking it out of context. Survivor explicitly acknowledged what he said with a sound effect. Yeah. It's usually those sound effects where you're like, did he just say what I think he just said? <laughs> and they did. They it, u- it also just shows how non-book smart Bobby John is. Because, like, yeah, you shove them in your mouth as fast as you can go. But, like, if you're trying to get a gallon of water down a hose, you don't pour the whole fucking gallon in it, into the funnel at once. Like, you pour it so it's a constant flow. Why not? Because then it gets jammed. <laughs> Have you ever had to, like, dump out gallons of something, like a gallon of milk? Yeah, kind of? Yeah. You can't pour the whole thing all at once. Oh, this is yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you can't just hold it upside down because yeah. then the air, like, it, <laughs> you have to fire. Yeah, consistent flow. Uh-huh. It's like that, but it's... with duck fetuses. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Take that sound clip out. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Anyway, yeah. And I also was like, Stephanie's talking about Bobby John's, like, rampage. I was like, he's starting to get frustrated. I'm like, starting? (laughs) You guys are just starting to get frustrated? Like, dude, you've lost every single immunity challenge. You should have been frustrated long ago. I don't know how you, like, have continued playing the game. (laughs) And, like, I... I'm there for Bobby John. I'm I'm that person who'd be like, no, we got to keep a positive attitude. Like, we're so close. We can do it. And then that breakdown, once you're like, we are the worst tribe in history. This is... Yeah. I hate There are this. no more chances to turn it around. Yeah. We're, we're dead. We're dead. We're dead. We're dead. And most of this section is just showing Bobby John be like caveman, him burping yeah. and hitting things. So... Yeah, and then we get a... I don't remember if this is after the segment where we go to Crow or before. We get a segment where Stephanie literally thinks her shit doesn't stink. Where she's just like, God, Bobby John smells so bad. I mean, I rub sand on myself, so I, I'm i sure I don't smell that bad at all. But Bobby John smells so bad. And I'm like, you... No. Like, you also <laughs> are hideous right now, I'm sure. Like, hideous to the nose. Like, there's no fucking way that your shit doesn't stink. I'm sure there are different levels, though. I, you know where, where the one place someone's allowed to stink is, Stephen? Uh-huh. Living in the fucking jungle. Yeah, I agree. Why are you mad about how he smells living in the fucking <laughs> jungle? I I see what you're saying. There are things you can take care of yourself a little bit, but also... You destroyed the shower. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. I cannot argue with this. <laughs> yeah. Over at Karor, they talk about the pitfalls of winning and that they really haven't had a chance to play this game. Kate, he's sitting there talking to us like, Hey, 
we, this is great. Like we're ha- we're having a great time. Everyone's pretty positive about this, but but after, we know it's coming. Well, we know it's coming because there there can only be so <laughs> so few members of an opposite team before we start having to cannibalize ourselves. Yeah, and after that, no more happiness, no more rar uwu, rar uwu. <laughs> And Tom and Ian are giving State of the Union addresses to each other. It's so ridiculous. It's really funny. I didn't the the connection they made with Stephanie on uh-huh. day two is is interesting. That's an mm-hmm. interesting little wrinkle that we have not heard anything about thus far. And they're talking about it as if this is the plan that we bring in Stephanie and we're we're golden. Wild to have a pregame alliance in game. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because of the way they set up the beginning of this season, which again I think is objectively awful. <laughs> hey, we're bros now. Oh, now we're on opposite sides, but we can still be bros later. That makes me wonder if they did that on purpose. Like, uh, like hey, I mean, obviously, I didn't know a schoolyard pick was coming, but like, intentionally go to different tribes so that when they come together at the merge, they have a secret tribe. Probably probably too much galaxy brain thinking there, because how could they have anticipated or communicated that? I think so. And I also think Stephanie was a pretty early pick. So Yeah, you're probably right. That, I I think, is part of the problem. Yeah, that's really the end of all that conversation. There's We do a little bit more Bobby John Caveman, and then we show them struggling to get the outrigger into the water. Yeah. It's It's torture. And you can only do so much work. Oh, they catch a fish. That's the other thing right, that happens yes. in this scenario is Bobby John catches a fish. And it's a weird-looking fish. I'm not going to lie. It looks yeah. like a baby swordfish. Yeah. Like a marlin. But it's, it's real tiny. A little bit of protein. There, there's a lot of protein on it. Yeah. They said it was great. It was a morale booster. For a tribe of two people, that's a meal. We need it. <laughs> we need something. Yep. And then we go to immunity. This immunity challenge, you have to collect underwater bags solve a puzzle, solve a word search, and then use the remaining or the crossover letters to form a three-word answer. So why even play the challenge? Just give it to Karor. Really? They're not good at puzzles. I mean, Stephanie was hyping up that she was good at puzzles again. Yeah, that's true. Stephanie is not uh, self-aware at all. (laughs) Stephanie is, I think, an interesting player and potentially even a good player, but... She is not self-aware, and she needs a strong second that understands her weaknesses and the game. Because, oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. I, Jeff is a savage here. <laughs> Jeff takes back the immunity island and goes, anyone can win, Oolong. Anybody can win it. Even you. Yeah. Woof. <laughs> he has been enjoying this a little too much. Yeah. And you know what? I'm here for it, Jeff. You you take these moments. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hell, it's entertaining for us, too. And, like, I can't – like, I don't blame the show. Like, yeah. I don't think Oolong's been at any type of competitive disadvantage. I don't think they've been screwed in any way, shape, or form. This is the consequences of their own inadequacy. Mm-hmm. Honestly, anything to bring a little bit of joy back into Jeff's life here. Yeah. Remember the the first vote? Um, what was her, was her name? Joe? How vindicated would you feel as Joe being the first vote and being like, you all fell the fuck apart? I I think I pointed, like, I asked the question. I still I still think that she was the right person to get rid of first. I don't. I just don't think there was anybody else that could step up. And that's a failure on the other eight people, not a 
positive in Joe's court? Jolanda. Jolanda. Yeah. Because, I mean, James tries to be that, and it doesn't go— Like, he, and he like he's the kind of leader that I think Joe would have been, mm-hmm. and it doesn't go well. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. I, I would have liked to see Joe get a fair shot, or at least have someone who comes in and tries to wrangle these people. Yeah. Because— James does that's for a little bit, but he's not very good at it. No. James does out of necessity. Yeah. Joe wanted to lead. Yeah. I, we're just going to have to disagree there because I think that these people were not going... Like, maybe a different tribe that would have worked, but mm-hmm. this tribe, I don't think it works with Jolanda. Fair. All right. Anyway, Kobe and Greg are running this challenge, and it's dead even through the, the original leg. Do you? S- Steph is a really graceful swimmer. It's something I haven't noticed before. But when she goes to do the rope under, mm-hmm. she, like, goes between two wooden planks, like, narrow wooden, mm-hmm. like, area. It's like some Spider-Man shit. Yeah, to, like, get through quicker. And I was like, that takes, that's impressive. It's, it really is. They, you're weaving your way through. You probably hindered yourself a little bit by trying to squeeze through the gap. But whatever. Yeah. It worked. Yeah. And, <laughs> like I said, they, they're pretty even steph does a great job bobby john does a pretty good job other than getting the last bag is the only because part he's, he got he's hung too up. tired because he's, he's tired. sprinting yep it, it reminds me of uh the most recent game changers episode where there's a bit where uh, the contestants are asked how many push-ups they can do and brennan says i can do 20 and be okay <laughs> or be normal and th- or i can do 30 and not be okay the rest of the episode <laughs> like bobby john just immediately goes i, I can do 30 I'm going to do 30 right now. I'm doing 30 right now. Let's do it. And then he's not okay the rest of the challenge. (laughs) So they get to the beach where they uh, take out the puzzle pieces, and Oolong can't get their puzzle together again. Shocking. Shocking. And part of it, did you notice how, like, sandy the puzzle pieces were for Oolong? Even if they got it together, I feel like the sand would have gotten in the way of them trying to, like, circle things. Huh. Did they open their bags out under the sand? I feel like that's the case. Wow. I And I, I don't remember, and I didn't feel the need to go back and be like, yeah. ah, yes, there it is. It wasn't particularly the close. And no, and they struggle to the point where it, it's a runaway. Kuror takes control. Stephanie tries to screen peek. I, effectively. Until effectively. They have to, and like, good. Good for you. Use everything at your disposal. Why not? The Kuror was on the last section of the yeah. challenge. So they had their crossword done. They had everything done. They just had to unscramble the words. Yeah. I mean, Oolong never gave up. I will give them that. Never back down. They ne- <laughs> never what? <laughs> they they didn't approach challenges smartly. They just tried to run through a brick wall instead of going around it a lot of the time. But they did never give up. And I'll give them credit there. Yep. Kuror wins, meaning that we get the full sweep. Full sweep. Sweep. I I cannot believe this happened. I can. Well, yeah, you had really seen funny. it before. Correct. It, it truly is. At this point, it's shocking. And I know there's an email coming about how is it interesting the second time around when you're watching this? Mm. What, what do you feel about this sweep? Like... You seem to be enjoying the season. I do enjoy the season. I do feel like there's... I say that, like, I can't believe this happened. By a certain point in the season, it did feel like this was inevitable. Even without having that memory of, like, oh, yeah, Steph being the last person. Maybe that was in the back of my, like, subconscious. Mm -hmm. But the editing is so heavily... They're going to lose everything, aren't they? (laughs) Like, from about the time that Kim goes home, 
it just kind of feels like, oh, we're just going to watch these people get picked off one after the other, aren't we? <laughs> That's just what's going to happen. Okay, cool. I'm along for the ride. Let's watch. Let's watch the cratering of their egos in real time. Maybe that's why I enjoyed it so much is I knew it was coming and just leading you into this abyss of they're going to lose everything. Yeah, the editing doesn't try to hide it. And I, there are certain, personally for me, I, I'll relate it back to football as, we football often, as we often do. There was a point in Tom Brady's career where I was like, just run it up. Just run up the score. Like, just just win more than anybody <laughs> has ever won before and will ever win again. Because, like, the history part of it is so impressive to me. That's what happened this season. Where there's, I mean, I was, I was always more on the Team Karor side from episode one. But then I was like, let's just watch them do the full sweep. That would be awesome. And then it happened. I was like, I can't believe it happened. And that was awesome. <laughs> oh, Jared. I don't know. Because we're about to f- witness the same thing again. With yeah, Mahomes, I know. Patty Mahomes. Yeah. But even him, I'm like, fuck it. Win it every year. No. Like, if you can do it, like, good for you. I'm, I, I will be impressed. I, from this point forward, I will always be cheering against the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't think I'll ever have that in my heart. I think I'm too impressed by the by what they can put together with sticks in a cave for their wide receivers. With the slight, slight one time if they're playing the Packers. Well, yeah, sure. Yeah. Dunk them. <laughs> anyway, there's there's a little scene before Tribal, but I think Tribal is the most interesting thing here because they get there and uh, Jeff's... Well, no. we should. I want to talk about Kobe real quick because okay. Kobe has a moment here where he's oh, like, yeah, sure. I've, always had a, like, I've always been kicked off of teams for being gay, for being flamboyant. I never found my people when it comes... It seems like when it comes to competition specifically... And so to go and be on the winningest tribe of all time, mm-hmm. that's so good for him. And I love this moment. And it clearly is like, regardless of whether or not Kobe wins the game of Survivor, this will change. This has changed his life. Yeah. And I think that's important and yeah. pretty cool. And he does talk about how he got pulled out of school because he was bullied so much. Yeah. And I, I do. I think this is a big deal for him to find a place where he is not only belonging but succeeding being flamboyantly gay in the 80s slash early 90s i don't know how old he is at this point in the show so it'd be 2005 it'd be the 90s you think he's like in his, you think he's like in his 20s yeah i think he's probably late 20s okay so yeah like late 80s early 90s that's not a great time to be a flamboyantly gay child 32 32 at the time of filming yeah so that means roughly born in like 78 so yeah being a being in elementary school through the 80s and you know high school in the early 90s not a great time to be a gay kid in america no i just think that's really cool good for him cool sorry i didn't mean to skip over that that was important no i, I know just... it's we, yeah uh but it's not it's not the narrative of the season which is <laughs> what's gonna happen to oolong so yeah. it's easy to miss in the notes so then we're at tribal council and i i did also like the foreshadowing of the fire making challenge because yes. i kind of knew it was coming because i'm like oh this becomes a staple of survivor but the fact that they their fire went out and they have to they have to sit there and like remake the fire while they talk about what they're gonna do i was like that is excellent foreshadowing. It's really funny and i think jeff picks up on it really quickly he's like Ah, what do you think is the most important thing? <laughs> Fire? You don't say. That's crazy. Yeah, and just now Bobby John's like, from here on out, it's Team Bobby John. Yeah! 
Correct. Yeah. That is the that is the only way that this game works. That's the only option afforded to you at this point. Thank you, Bobby John. So, any more notes before the challenge? Uh, the only other last thing I had was with all this like fanfare and screen time on like Oolong and Steph. It's gonna be really fucking hilarious if she goes home next episode. Mm, that yeah, <laughs> that would be brutal. So we do the challenge. It's a fire making challenge. They get matches. And yeah, what matches really? Yeah, I I don't understand that. They I will say consistency's sake, like they have been using matches on fire making challenges in team fire making challenges and individual immunity for a while. So I guess I can see why they defaulted to that, and I'm sure they didn't have this fucking planned. I think they also are not convinced at the player's ability to make fire with flint and steel quickly. Mm, fair. And they don't want to be sitting there for hours and hours and hours. I think they went the wrong direction on this one. Made it it way went too easy, too quick. Yeah. And I also think there was a, a tad bit of luck in this challenge. Stephanie's sure. torch lights a little too quickly. I did have a conspiracy theory that I don't believe, but like, can you imagine if they put lighter fluid on Stephanie's and not on Bobby John's? I think we would have a, a bigger problem with Survivor. Yeah. Like we would people would be up in arms about that and Bobby John would absolutely make a stink. If it if if it could be proven. If it could be proven. Like or you're just like you put like lighter fluid on both of them but then like before the challenge like oh no Bobby John's like we spilled some water on it. Oh no. I think both had the ability to be reactive. I agree. But I think they did do something a little too heavy-handed with the the torch yeah. to make it go up faster. Yep, I agree. And it it definitely does feel a little luck-based. I do think Stephanie had a little bit of skill in Bobby John didn't build his as tall as quickly. Mm-hmm. So I, I do I do want to give her kudos there, but it does definitely feel like 75% luck. Yeah, let me let me clarify. I think she would have won eventually. I just think it sparked from a a stray spark and not the actual flame. Yep. And it was weird how they cut the angle cut when the flame went up. That's some professional wrestling bullshit. (laughs) You don't want me to see what actually happened. We also can't really, because of the camera angle, see like what they're doing Mm -hmm. when they're making their fire bases. Like it's a rimmed thing and they're shooting at a distance, like not from above. So we can't see what Bobby John's uh, like fire looked like versus what Steph's looked like yeah. in what they constructed. This is the struggles of not being prepared for this. Well, and how could you be? How could, exa- you, you don't go into a season thinking that someone's going to be the worst ever. Yeah, I mean, jet, like clearly they didn't have... Clearly they had a backup plan for what happens if the numbers get too skewed. It'd be like, okay, cool, you can't sit out in like two of three challenges. After that, they went, fuck it. I don't know, man. Just, just, just don't have the same people do twice in a row, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Stephanie wins, and Bobby John was never technically voted out. Bobby John was never technically voted out, and Jeff addresses this. Mm-hmm. The tribe definitely has not spoken, but nonetheless, <laughs> nonetheless, time for you to go. I like that. I think it it weirdly gets Jeff out of his rhythm when those scenarios happen, and then it's so bizarre to me seeing Jeff have a solo conversation yeah. with Stephanie. It reminds, me of, Council. it reminds me of Borneo when Rich wins and he's just like there alone, like writing a letter to 
like sur- like a love letter to Survivor. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is the only other time we've seen a singular person just sitting there at Tribal Council. <laughs> it's it's weird. I forgot about that. Thank you for bringing that into my brain. Yeah. Cool. Back when, because they, season one, they, they didn't have a live audience or anything. They just like read them out right mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And then I assume they don't again until season 41 where they're like, well, COVID's a thing. So we're doing the votes right here. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that is a thing that happens. So yeah, Bobby John goes, Bobby John has a nice little memorial since there were no votes. And yeah. They, they there's just, nothing to read. There's nothing to read. So they just show him chopping wood, doing things. They give him the, uh, the person had to leave under circumstances not under their control <laughs> memorial. Exactly. Rather than the, oh, no, this fucker quit memorial. Yeah. How do you think Bobby John does in Future Survivor? Not great. I. He is stupidly rigid and kind of dumb. I, like... And I, 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 there are there are many different types of intelligence. I don't want to make it sound like the human being Bobby John is a dumb man because I don't know him. And even the character on the show we saw is smart in some ways. He's a great person to have around camp. He seems, regardless of what the challenge says, seems like he's really good at making fire with Flint. It seems like he has, like he's with somebody that can like... <laughs> Uh, maybe strategize the challenge a little bit so he's not full unga bungaing it the entire time. Like, can be, can be very good at challenges. I think that they that team got the yips really early and just never recovered. Mm. But his social game leaves a lot to be desired. the The messiness with the Ibrahim vote, the being so easily manipulated by Steph with the. Oh yeah, must have been James that voted for you, huh? Wasn't me. <laughs> I I just I feel like he's kind of like the useful idiot trope where like you don't want to get rid of him before the merge most of the time because he is this big provider in camp. There's a reason why he was never really a target except for that one vote that was kind of thrown apart by Ibrahim getting surprise immunity. Yeah. But I don't think he has any capacity to actually pull off an alliance, a backstab, really much of anything strategic. So, and he, so with that in mind, actually, he probably does go home before the merge because you're like, oh, he's really strong. Depends on what the challenge is. Let's just get rid of him to be safe. I guess pro- most of the time, probably about where he went, but under very different circumstances. Mm. Okay. Like one of the last votes pre jury. I see. Yeah. Okay. And your protagonist of the episode, that's Steph. Yes. Yeah. I mean, even though the episode's named it for Bobby John, he's just not an, a good orator. So Steph continues to be the protagonist of the season thus far, really. I Yeah, I agree. So far, it's all Steph. Mostly because she's going through something alone that nobody else in Survivor has ever gone through. So it's novel. It is. It it very much is novel, and it's it's kind of fun for everybody. And Steph's the only person... Besides maybe Angie that was on Oolong, maybe James, that could have been the focus of the season and been the last one standing and make a good story. Mm. Okay. Anything else you want to talk about? Where the fuck do they go from here? <laughs> I mean, we have to be merging next episode, right? I mean, I could tell. Otherwise, the immunity challenge is just sudden death. It's just like, all right, Stephanie, if you lose, you go home. <laughs> Well, we're going to find out. Wild. It will be crazy if Stephanie wins this game. Because, like, she's a she's now a threat, right? Like, if you make it to the... If she makes it to the final two, 
she's going to win. I would imagine. Like, maybe Karor's so close of a family that they'd just be like, no. But, like, that story tells itself. It does. Yeah. Bumper. That'll do it for this episode of the Survivor Turnback Time podcast. Jared, thank you as always for being here. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. This thank, is fun. This is it's premiere week, Jared. Oh, nice. Yeah. I did see that they updated the picture of Jeff on Paramount Plus. Oh, did they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I'm excited. We have season forty six coming out here. And it comes out Thursday. Or, no, know, Wednesday, sorry. There's a lot of talk in the cultural zeitgeist of like microplastics, like Mm-hmm. How bad are they? How much of them are in our bodies? It is weird to see Jeff just opt so much into macroplastics. I knew exactly where you were going with this. <laughs> you know what? He's doing fine. It's not as bad as I feel like it was going for a direction, mm. but I thought the Paramount Plus, he's redeemed himself with the Paramount Plus commercial entirely. I mean, it's a funny commercial. I love it so much. Did you see the rumor that Paramount Plus and Peacock might be merging? Really? Mm-hmm how like might be merging the streaming services together into like one bundle just redoing cable basically i mean yeah they would probably just use peacock's app and put all paramount plus's stuff on there and then combine the branding paramount plus was there first yeah paramount plus's app is garbage it is pretty bad peacock's is good (sighs) uh yeah interesting all right well i don't know how i feel about that yar Anything you like to promote, Jared? I want to promote Steven. I I Hi. dog on you a lot, but like you're a good guy. <laughs> I make fun of you a lot. Aww. And you don't deserve it. You're a good guy. Hot. Yeah. I also want to promote me. Yes! Me! <laughs> nah, but for real, if you need a host for anything uh, or trivia, like I'm your guy. But also, let's promote Jared. Jared. No, don't do that. No, this I like, doesn't have to be reciprocal. I like fine. I like Jared. Okay. Most of the time. That's fair. We have had our arguments. Very few for Very how much few. time we spend together. Yeah. I'm trying to think of times where we've been heated. Unless, well, I feel like you have arguments with me in your mind and then don't tell me. I'm usually pretty honest with you. Okay. Or at yeah. least when I'm pissed off at you. That's fair. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like the biggest one was when I wanted Adam Thielen's number to call him a bitch. Yeah, then I was like, you're taking this too far. <laughs> you are out of line. You're out of line. <laughs> uh, some of the referee bullshit, I think. I get That's a little, true. I get a little heated with you. That's true. I should stop that. For my co-host, Jared, this is Steven. For my host, Steven, this is Jared. Bye-bye. Bully your friends. Happy survive. Uh, send me your winner picks right away. I, I will. F- 46. Bye.